Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Take it away. My Jake. <laughs> My Jake. Hello and welcome to Gays on Film. This podcast is where we, a pair of gays, talk about what we're watching. I am Declan. And I'm Ned. And in this episode, we're going to be talking (laughs) about Avatar, The Way of Water, a sequel. How many years in the making? 13. 13 years in the making. Um, Remember, there will be plenty of spoilers. So take this as a warning and proceed with caution. But first, I'm curious, Ned. What have you been up to this week? Oh, it's been one of those weeks where I've been ready for like the Christmas wind down, but also been trying to get everything ready for Christmas. So you never know whether you're coming or going. Yeah. But through all of that, I have managed to watch quite a bit. Yeah. Do you want to know what I've seen? I would love to know what you've seen. Well, I watched The Wonder on a Sunday morning when I think I was feeling slightly hungover. Without me. Without you. Um... And I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. So what's the premise? I know it's Florence Pugh. 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 Um, so it's set in Ireland in 18 something. It's like after the famine, but it's still olden days. So mid to late 19th century. Yeah. 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 We'll go for that. Okay. Um, and this girl who lives in some random rural part of Ireland uh-huh. um, stops eating and doesn't oh. suffer any ill health wow. for four months and so a local committee of men decide to get a nurse and a nun to come and see what the crack is. So she doesn't eat for four months and mm. she's fine? Yeah. And oh, it's the job God, of the I nurse and the nun. Four, can't not eat for four hours and I'm, yeah. my hands are shaking. Well, it's the job of the nurse and the nun to work out what the heck is going on. Florence Pugh plays the nurse. Oh, um, right. Okay, she's not the girl that doesn't eat. No. And it's really, really good. Um, all about kind of different ways of seeing the truth, oh. I think is what I would call it. And I cool. gave it four stars. I thought it was fantastic. Oh. Yeah. Um, a bit more Christmassy, so love y- hard. Yeah, I did just want to say we did want to do a Christmassy episode, but unfortunately family situation that I've mentioned in previous episodes with my uncle and his funeral. I wasn't just, I wasn't really in the mood to record a podcast. So, um, but we had a Christmassy day at your family friends. We did. Although I don't think we watched Love Hard. Was I asleep for that one? No, I watched Love Hard at home. What was that one like then? Um, it was all right. It was like a bit of a corny, like American, almost Hallmark, but not quite type what was it on netflix i feel like netflix has become the hallmark channel of christmas films like it's the hallmark channel of films at one point wasn't yeah. it? they were churning out shite yeah 
Yeah, but then you get something like The Wonder, which is really good now yeah, and again. I know. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I thought, you know, it's all right. I'll probably watch it again at some future Christmas. What was the premise? Um, girl in LA is having a shit time dating, basically. Uh-huh. Um, meets this guy from New York on... I can't remember what the flirt alert or something. Oh my god! Basically Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> um, and <laughs> flirt alert. Yeah. God. They kind of fall in love online, I guess. So she decides to fly to New York to surprise him at Christmas, and finds out that he was a little bit of a catfish. Wow! Right. And Sounds then the film so, goes from there. So original. Yeah. I will say. Yeah. So original. You definitely can't see where it's going. Can you not? Sense the sarcasm, yeah, please, sarcasm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, three stars. Okay. Yeah. Other Christmassy ones we've seen, which yeah. we did see together. Uh-huh. Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah. What did you think? I don't really like the Muppet Christmas Carol. Do I don't well, understand. You don't like the Muppets, do you? Um, sometimes I find it funny, but just I don't get them as a concept, like watching puppets. I always remember when Netflix made that big hoo-ha about the return of Dark Crystal. Yeah. Which did look amazing, but it I could was. not with puppets. I never really liked the Thunderbirds for that reason as well as a kid. Oh. And I just don't I just don't get it. Maybe there's just some deep rooted flaw in your psyche. Oh. That <laughs> means you don't like puppets. Right. Merry Christmas to me, I guess. Yeah. Doesn't no, it's okay. They're all right. Love you any less. Oh, thank you. They're, it's okay. Yeah. But I did on this family day when we watched these films, I was falling asleep. You're quite happy to well. nap through I was, it. Yeah. That's fine. That's so, what those kind of days are for. They are, very much so. Uh, and we also watched The Holiday, didn't we? We did. Yeah. 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 I would say for me it was more on in the background because I was on the phone and yeah. chilling and, yeah. But it's cute. Yeah. I suppose it's not that dissimilar from Love Hard in that it's people... Travel a long way at Christmas on a whim and fall in love. Yeah. Now I want to ask you a question about Christmas films. Go on. When's your cut off? Uh, kind of after maybe the twenty seventh. I'm sort of right. Over so Christmas. you would still you would still watch them Boxing Day twenty seventh. Yeah, mostly because there isn't really anything else to do. Yeah. On those those few days. But like As we call away. them. The gooch of the calendar. Yeah. Yeah. That week between. The week between Christmas and New Year. What's Christmas and what's New Year, though? Up to you to decide, listeners. Who knows what day it is. Yeah. All I can tell you is there's a Y in it. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. And how are your franchise rewatches going? (laughs) Now, let me tell you, I've managed to get to number seven of 13 in my Alien and Predator saga. We've watched eight. Well, we have watched Alien versus Predator for the first time ever. And I've heard when I've when I've been telling people that I've been doing this rewatch, they're like, oh, Alien versus Predator. Bit shite. Um, And some of someone, some people have been saying it's really good. But that's I think Alien versus Predator Requiem is. Is it going to be even worse? Terrible. Yeah. I'm not expecting great things from a sequel of AVP, but I did actually. Quite enjoy watching it. I thought it was quite nicely done in the way that they sort of tied the franchises together. Although, 
few plot holes that if we were doing an episode about it, I could get into, but I'm not going to waste time at yeah. this point. Um, that I felt so, undermined. Alien versus it. Predator um, Requiem has 12% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh my God, I can't wait. And <clears throat> Chris Hewitt at Empire said it was an early but strong contender for the f- worst movie of 2008. So I enjoyed that wow. one. Wow. Well, yeah. I am looking forward to it. Sometimes I like a hate watch. Yeah. Um, it almost sometimes makes it more entertaining when it's really bad. Yeah. at least you're having a bit that's of a giggle. That's you can have a laugh. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so um, that's everything I've watched, really, apart from a couple of TV shows that we watched together. Traitor's final last <laughs> night, but I don't think we should, in case people haven't seen it. No, but I was in the shower this morning, I was like, oh, I wish they were doing a reunion. I think, the, uh, I don't know. I think it's it not really a thing out. that British TV shows no, do. No, not often, no. I'm trying to think of any reunions. The only ones I can think of are Drag Race, and that's because it's Drag Race, which is American. But the UK one don't, do they? Do they not? No, I don't think they do. No, see? Even Real Housewives of Cheshire sometimes skip theirs, or it's just one episode. Whereas the American housewives are like three or four episode reunions. They're I my favourite bits. I think that's a bit bits. extra there. I don't like when they do four parts. Four but episodes three is quite of reunion. Good. Yeah. Um, and what else have I watched? So I'm still struggling and plodding along with Wednesday. I don't know why you're finding it so difficult. I just think it's... It's obviously young adult. Mm. And I don't like... But that doesn't normally How put you off How twee it is as a young... Like, the script, I'm like, oh, God, this is cringe. <laughs> like, I don't know, it's just like... And now, I, once, and now, it's really pulled me out of it when I heard that Gemma... Gemma? Jenna Ortega... Yeah. ...did a take where she didn't blink. Yeah. And Tim Burton loved it. So yeah. now she never blinks. Yeah. So I keep walking around trying to talk. <laughs> Sorry, I think I'm getting my every Christmas cold, everyone. Um, my annual Christmas cold. Um, yeah. Where she, I keep walking around thinking, could I do that? And it's actually quite hard. But well, all I'm looking at is to see if she's blinking. So I hope you've watched it already, listeners. Because otherwise, if otherwise you'll be doing this. the same now. But yeah, I just find it, to me, if I was going to review it at this stage, it's very much a low three star for me. I did see a thing. Apparently, um, the roommate that's a werewolf is transcoded. I got that reference, actually. Because yeah. I thought there's a bit, there was an episode where that I watched last night where her mum wants her to go to conversion therapy. Yeah. And I thought it was about to stop being a werewolf, but it was about embracing her werewolf side. It's about I think. making her a werewolf. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I suppose there is some kind of... Well, and also, her hair colour is blonde. One end is blue and one end is pink. Oh. It's a little bit trans flaggy. I wonder if she is trans. Don't know. No, I don't. Um, we are actually going to talk in the... So um, an episode upcoming that we will definitely do. I'm hoping to get a Glass Onion episode in the week between. Yeah. But before New Year, we're hoping to do our review of 2022. <gasps> and I think we will we will comment on kind of um, what the year has been like for representa- LGBTQ plus representation throughout the year. Um, because I think it's a mixed bag as a little preview. But mm, um, yeah. Yeah. Also, I have watched all of Harry and Meghan now because, <laughs> and to me, it was the best season of The Crown that we've had, <laughs> maybe apart from the first one. Um, 
so many thoughts. I love a bit because it is like a soap, the royal family at times. Yeah. But this soap got dark. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just, um, how you can look at her. Yes, she's American and she's got that twee American side to her that a lot of British people don't like. Mm-hmm. But other than that, how you can look at them, to, them two who are so in love. We are so in love. <laughs> That's an Annette reference, if anyone's ever seen that god-awful film. Um, and they... She could have been so good for a modernising part of the royal family. And we fucked it, basically. Too much for the press. We did, or the British institution people, I mean, did. As well. Yeah. Totally and utterly ruined that opportunity. So... I hey, am, well. The more and more I see of it, and I wouldn't say I'm a monarchist, or I wouldn't say I'm a Republican, I'm kind of like in the middle. Like if it was someone said, vote tomorrow in a referendum, I would actually probably vote to, to get rid of them now. Would you? Yeah. Mm. Because like, they can't even visit Commonwealth countries anymore without people hating on them. So what's the point of them? Well, I mean, shock horror. No, but I was listening to a podcast about Jamaica, what they did in Jamaica this year. You know, when they went and there was all them awful pictures where they looked like white saviours and then the Jamaicans were like, we, we don't really want you here. You're our colonisers. Yeah. Can you do one? So yeah. I just think if more and more countries around the world start to... Well, I do wonder, not that this is going to become a <coughs> royal commentary podcast, listeners, don't worry, we're nearly over. But... <laughs> Sorry. I did wonder after Barbados chose to remove the Queen as their head of state whether after she dies there'll be a bit of a wave of similar moves from other Commonwealth countries. I think the country's still very much dealing with what the monarchy is because obviously Charles still hasn't had his coronation and he hasn't really done anything. So I think we're still in that bit of a limbo. But yeah. I also finished Motherland, which honestly is so funny. Like... I titter along and I always say you're mad if you can lay in your room and if you're on your own, laugh at a a TV show or film and I take it all back because I was chuckling like no tomorrow. Well, to me, I think that's when you know something's properly funny is when it makes you laugh without anybody else around. It's so awkward and, yeah, and I cannot wait for the Christmas special, which airs tonight. Does it? As the podcast is going out on the 23rd. Yeah. Lovely. So, yeah. So that's, I haven't really, I've been really busy with work in the run up to Christmas, been out and about on nights out, all sorts of stuff. So I haven't really watched all that much. Um, but I'm hoping to make up for that in this Christmas break. It's the only thing we've seen at the cinema. Avatar. Avatar. Yeah. Was the one before Matilda. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. God, but we must the thing about so Avatar busy. as well. So many movie studios have given it such a wide berth. Like, there's literally nothing well, we can get onto that, can't being we? released yeah. at all. Two weeks before and a week after, total free reign at the box office. So, yeah. Well. Um, What's in the news, King? I was wondering if you're going to say that. So, Hollywood is winding down for Christmas. So, I was struggling to find a topic to talk about. But there's been a lot of kind of social media about like the fallout of people writing worst films of the year articles 
And I would say I agree. So when we do ours, we're going to say our biggest disappointments of the year, which I think reframes it slightly. Because I would like to think every person that puts pen to paper when they're writing a screenplay or they're directing a film tries to make the best possible film they can in those circumstances. Yeah? Most of the time. I think some directors phone it in to just get yeah. some money sometimes, well, but... And also sometimes, like, bad films are made on purpose. What? Well, like... What am I trying to think of? I can't think of an example now I've said it. But, like, someone get, sets out to make something that's, like, shit and ridiculous because it's fun to make something shit and ridiculous. The one I'm thinking of, The Final Girl or The Final Girls or something on Netflix. That's a shit horror film, but, like, it's good because it's shit. Do you think Malignant was meant to be, to be shit, shit as well? don't know. I'm undecided on Malignant. <clears throat> yeah, I know. It was a... Uh... It was a bad film, but it was fantastic yeah. at the same time. But no, but I do think it's bad taste when critics are like, worst films of the year. I just think, who the fuck do you think you are? Fi- I know, because... Do you know who it is? That character in the menu that couldn't just enjoy it for the experience it was. She was trying to, you know, the food critic. That's what it is when you write a worst film of the year thing. You can't just let people enjoy something. Yeah. And, you know, I do have some big disappointments of the year that we'll get to in that episode next week. But, looking at you, thought Love and Thunder. Um, but I'm going to leave my hatred for that film in 2022, I think, because I think I've harped on about it a bit too much. Well, hatred turns into baggage and then it just weighs you down. I thought I was feeling a bit heavier. Mm. Um, but yes, I just wanted to know just, like, the fallout of that. And hopefully in the new year there'll be loads more news... Um, when Hollywood stalks the fires again. Yeah. Lovely, yeah, yeah. Um, well, what a time we've had. <laughs> I'm going to adjust this script. It's so unnatural. <laughs> but now, listeners, it's time to cast our minds into the future and get excited for what's coming up in the world of film. It's time now for Trailer, Trash or Treasure. What have we got this week? We have got Christopher Nolan's next film, Oppenheimer, which is about the guy who made the atom bomb. Mm-hmm. Now, there's been a teaser trailer in the cinemas for ages. But which we... was really clever, actually. Yeah, because it was counting down yeah. to the release date. Um, the This new trailer, we saw something in the cinema. I actually think this trailer is slightly different to what we saw in front of Avatar as well. So we're going to watch oh, it now. Oh, excellent. Okay. Um, so, links in the show notes. Watch along if you wish. See you after the sparkles. Okay, so that is Chris Nolan's Oppenheimer. Um, it looks like he's made the story about the formation of the atom bomb into a th- tense thriller where... Mm. I think it's going to be two hours of feeling really nervous. Yeah, anxious. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, It looks lavish, as you would expect a Chris Nolan film to look. Um, And, yeah, it just looks tense, basically. Um, It was called The Manhattan Project, wasn't it, when they did the... the... Yeah, that's ringing a bell. I feel like... 
And I actually true. think we've become really, it might be quite good for people to see, you know, well, storytelling is, is good for people to be made aware of things, but mm. I think we've we've almost lost how powerful, like, especially when um, Russia invaded Ukraine this year and everyone was talking about the threat of kind of another Cold War. Mm. We, I don't think we quite comprehend how powerful these weapons are and how much more powerful they've got since that first one was created in that trailer. Like, they're way more powerful than they were back then, nuclear weapons. Yeah. And I just think it'd be good to see if the if it, if the film provides context on what a bad decision it was to make a weapon of yeah. that magnitude. My hope is that it is an anti-nuclear warfare film rather than a look what the US did in Japan. I have a feeling it will be. I think it might have moments where... I think it'll just be nuanced in the sense that this is why we thought we were making the right decision. Turns out it wasn't. Yeah. Turns Um, out we changed the entire course of the future. Yeah. There was a time when this film was casting where it felt like all of Hollywood was going to be involved. So I'll just... So we see Killian Murphy in the trailer... Um, we also see... Oh, that was a point. He's narrating the trailer and it doesn't sound like him no, until you see but you said he's speaking, good at speaking. I think he's really changing his, changing his voice so. in different roles. We also see a look at Jack Quaid, who is out of The Boys and the new Scream film. But also the cast includes Emily Blunt, Robert Downey Jr., Matt Damon, Rami Malek, oh Florence God. Pugh, Benny Safdie, Kenneth Branagh, Gary Oldman, like... It is so stacked out, it's Amazing. untrue. Um, I'm sure for how many people are in the cast, they'll all have potentially small-ish roles surrounded by Killing Murphy and Emily Blunt, who I think plays J. Robert Oppenheimer's wife. Um, so, yeah, we shall see. When's it out? So, it's out in July. Um, I think the UK date is the same as the US, the 21st of July, which is a big day in the cinema. Because both this and Barbie comes out on the same day. Now, we do have a Barbie trailer, but it was so short, It was I thought, the teasiest of, of teasers. teasers. Yeah. Um, so I thought, well, we'll do that maybe when an official proper trailer comes out in a couple of months, probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it'll be a great weekend in the cinema. What um, did you say? 21st of July? Yeah. Are you looking at your calendar? We've got to book that Friday off work. And do a double bill. Okay. Weave. Someone who works for themselves, whereas someone who would have to use valuable holiday days, but I'm happy to do it for you. At least you you get paid for your holiday days. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, Domestic over. Um, And now, for this week's headline feature. (laughs) I think we should... (coughs) Sorry. Leave these funny script bits in, because... It is quite... I mean, well, you know how long it took me to get around to even writing exactly. it. I say change so, it. I'm never going to, am I? I've just got my watch fixed and it's been on my to-do list for two years. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> now for this week's headline feature, listeners. It's Avatar, The Way of Water, after this break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Okay, let's go then. Avatar The Weight of Water. Um... A film, as we said at the beginning, 13 years in the making. Did it, was it worth it, Ned? Yeah, definitely. Yeah? Yeah, I loved it. I know you did. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. I was taken away. Um, Do you want to do a plot or shall I? I've got a sentence. Oh, I totally forgot about our little synopsis, but (laughs) go for it, yeah. 15 years after the humans were banished from Pandora... Jake Sully and Neytiri are raising their four children. One night, they spot a new star in the sky. (gasps) The sky people have returned, and Colonel Quaritch wants revenge. That's a good synopsis. I'm proud of that. I'm getting good at this, aren't I? Yeah. Yeah. Well, better. Better. Improving. Yes. Thank you. Um, Yeah, it's... I would say... The premise, going from that synopsis, is very similar to the first film. We don't have to establish how avatars work, as we did in the first film. No. But I think... Oh, the back was like... Yeah, I think... Okay, I get that. What this did quite well, considering it's been 13 years, and it's, you know, quite difficult to remember how a story might continue from 13 years. It did quite a good sort of 10, 15 minutes of exposition to get us to where we need to be. Yeah, but I don't necessarily like big exposition dumps like that. No, I know. I do think it's a good thing that they use Jake as that narrator as they did in the first film. Were it two years or three years since the first one, I'd agree with you. But I think 13 years, you kind of need it. Yeah. Especially when the story is 15 years later. And I I want, I thought it was going to feel like a continuation of the story, which it does, but I think it plays very much as kind of one of these legacy sequels that we're seeing at the minute. So it reminded me a little bit of, like, Star Wars The Force Awakens in the sense that it felt very similar to a previous Star Wars film. Mm-hmm. But you didn't mind it because it was bringing you back in with that familiar, familiar, you know what I mean? Yeah. But what I will say is, if it tries to do the same again for Avatar 3, and if 4 and 5 get greenlit, I will start getting a bit bored of it. For how beautiful it looks and whatever, story is always king. Yes. And I think I agree. But I'm I'm giving it... I'm treating it different to how I would a normal sequel. Just purely because of this 13-year gap we've had. And I really missed being on Pandora. Mm. Um, And I think the way that this brought us back to Pandora gave us enough familiarity that if you've not rewatched the first one, you still get it. Yeah. And then continued the story 
I liked it. And I but I do agree. When it finished, I was like, that was fantastic, but I don't want to see it again in number three. Yeah. Because now I've seen it twice. Yeah, you said, are we going to go to a mountain clan next yeah. time and something happens, or a jungle... No, they were in the jungle the first time, but, like, some other... Yeah. Uh, system. Ecosystem. Yeah. And, yes, it would be amazing to see more of Pandora, but we need story. Yes. And I think the story looks like it's going in the direction of whatever the hell is going on with Kiri. Is she, like, a part of Ewa? Is something going on? Is she, like, yeah. some sort of prophecy? Which I think is a cool idea, but I will say one of the bits that didn't work for me is I didn't like that Sigourney Weaver was playing a teenager. I found, yeah, her voice felt weird in a teenage girl's body. Mm. Yeah. And I think James Cameron thought it was some kind of really clever, oh, that's cool, isn't but it? But, like, that I do brought... get that because, it, like, they can't explain why Sigourney Weaver's dead avatar got pregnant. So is that what it is? Because I missed that little bit as well. So Sigourney, so Sigourney Weaver, Weaver's at the end of the first film, died. was plugged into Ewa. Yeah. Yeah. She got pregnant when yeah. she was dead. I don't know, because it was her human body got plugged into Awa. Her avatar body was still in the tank in the science lab or whatever. And somehow that avatar body became pregnant. And that's where Kiri came from. Ah, uh, right. Okay. But Kiri sits on the tank, doesn't she, and says, like, hello, mum, or yeah, something. Yeah. 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 But they haven't worked out how or why that avatar got pregnant. So to me, it sounds like, as I say, Kiri's role is going to be a lot bigger and it's yeah. almost, it sounds a bit like the story of Jesus. Resurrected. No, not it's resurrected, like born from a virgin. Yeah. Very Christmassy. Oh. Um, um, born from a virgin and is like a prophet. You know, and she might have been born to rescue Pandora. Well, she certainly does have that really intrinsic link to Awa that, other people don't seem to have. Yeah. Yeah. And it is a nice message, I guess, because Sigourney Weaver's character in the first film, she was very much about learning about how Pandora was and how all of the yeah. living organisms are connected and yeah. how amazing that is. and Planetary consciousness. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, you know, it does fit quite well. Yeah. And I, I, I do think that the third one will go into other places. Yeah, um, and I think it did really well to set us up for whatever Kiri's stuff with Awa is going to be because it brought it in enough to offer some really cool, like, almost superpowery type Which is scenes. funny, because James Cameron says he's not a fan of superhero films, and he's almost making Kiri a bit of a superhero model. Like... I don't think she's really the same thing as a superhero, though. I'm no, just trying no. to draw a comparison, I suppose. Um, but he used it just enough to tease us for whatever Kiri is going to become when she's an adult. But the story was still about Jake Sully, yeah. to me. It was very much about Jake Sully. In fact, I was a little bit sad how much Natiri and Zoe Saldana, which is apparently how you say it. Oh, have we been saying it wrong? Everyone says it wrong. Someone, some critic called her it in a video for... Yeah. I think they were a Spanish or yeah. they knew how to say her name properly. I did notice Saldana, the, the, the... I don't know what, what you call, call that. Squiggle. The Nye. The Nye. Um 
I was a bit gutted she was sidelined a bit, and I'm going to say very big spoiler here in a second when I get to it. But <laughs> the, the first bit is, to me, her performance is, if the Oscars liked genre films, which they don't, yeah, she should be nominated, even with performance capture, because with this level of sophistication in performance capture, you could... It, is that the thing where they film it with the face yeah, cover like, thing on? Yeah, 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 they've got dots on the face yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Like, with the sophistication of the technology they're using, it's almost like the real. Oh, honestly. So you could see... Such a compelling and powerful performance by her as well. And the bit I was warning the spoiler bit, when her son dies, mm. that performance is just heartbreakingly amazing. Yeah. And she's blowing. so... Badass. Like, when she gets them balls, bone arrows, and she's like, ah, and she's like, yeah, she's class. Yeah. So I would like to see her role be used a little bit more in yeah. the third film. Not to say I don't like Sam Worthington as Jake Sully, but I just find him a little bit fine. A little bit fine. Like, he's just fine. Like, he's not bad, not good, but he's not like... If I was thinking about, you know... I know we're probably going to touch on this in a bit where people say Avatar has no pop culture um, yeah. ability, um, which it does. Okay. But um, <laughs> I think it would be always Natiri I would pro- at this point think of when I think of the first character. Yeah. That or probably Sigourney Weaver's involvement in the films. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I would. I yeah. think it's like Jake Sully's fine, but he's like our... I don't, wouldn't say he's... Oh, he has developed... Yeah, he's he has, very like, much a family man now. He's a dad, he? yeah. he's a leader, and he's he has a lot of like learning as he goes to do. Mm. Which is kind of what he was in the first film, except this time he's learning as he goes, being a parent. Yeah. So And I did like this always sounds a bit weird when you say it out loud. I did like that Natalium died mm. because it gave it higher stakes. You know, oh, yeah. if nobody dies and it's just, you know, there, there's nothing going wrong. Well, because when Spider, I know we're jumping all over the place here, yeah. but when Spider rescued um, Quaritch, I was a bit like, I really like, oh, here we go. That was an interesting choice. Now we're on Spider to give him dreadlocks. I think there's a few issues with, in regards to casting and some creative choices when it comes to those kind of connotations mm. because he had dreadlocks so that, that that's something to talk about and I also think Kate Winslet's character who you can't even really tell this Kate Winslet anywhere mm. is like a tribal leader mm. and I feel like to cast her as a white woman is a bit yeah and I know it doesn't matter because well it does but they're all blue, so it doesn't really matter. But when you're looking at, you know, this is a reflection of the world that we currently live in. Yeah. And you would think that, I don't know, I don't, they could have got Viola Davis or anyone. Could have got anyone. Well, I'm just thinking of, like, black actresses that would have been yeah. more. Because you've got, it's very tribal and it's all about indigenous people on a planet and... Mm. 
when it comes and colonialism and when it comes to colonialism in the in on planet earth it's always been about white people yeah going after minorities yeah um so yeah why did you think it was interesting about spider's hair well pretty much the same reason he was a mixed race though wasn't he i don't know it's Quaritch's son. Quaritch's no, it's Quaritch's son, but we don't know who his, his mother was. No. But I would say the film probably has a bit of a problem with, with race. Yeah. Um, just, just little bits that was somebody sitting there in an office thinking about it didn't have to be here. Like yeah. casting a white woman as a tribal leader. Like yeah. giving spider dreadlocks. Which I don't know whether to even really pick it up because like he lives a pretty like jungly yeah indigenous type lifestyle anyway yeah yeah it is interesting mm, because i know. think as well like the, the hollywood the cynical side of, of me looking at hollywood will be like right there's a lot riding on this film to do really really well yeah so we're going to bring Sigourney Weaver back because that's a name we can put on the poster. Yeah. We're going to bring Kate Winslet back because she wants to work with James Cameron again since Titanic. Yeah. And that's another name to put on the poster. Yeah. So that's like... Because they feel... could realistically be anyone. Yeah. I don't so... feel confident enough to like pull apart all of this nuance. Okay. In a way that I'm not going to like trip up and misspeak or anything. I don't know. Well, we commented it. on it, yeah, and I'm sure there's people better placed to, yeah. to give the, you know, a a decent yeah. opinion of it. Um, but yes, that's one thing to but to just say when we're on Kate Winslet, you know, yeah, she was another badass character. I didn't even know she was in it before we watched. Well, it. Well, exactly. And so then when I I'm saying it was a her. name for the poster yeah. was wasted anyway because. Yeah. Everyone who I knew she was in it, but I saw it with you and my friend Gemma, and neither of you two were like, oh, was that Kate Winslet? Yeah. Like, it's not as if you were, oh my God, it, she's back, mm. working with James Cameron. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Interesting one. Um, what did I, I liked, um, oh, just like the whole kind of family dynamic that they set up. Um, I liked their, like, the kids' relationships with each other. Like, there was the one that was, like, always does as he's told, the oldest brother. Um, pretty good at stuff. Very there to take on the mantle as he grows up. Then the one that's slightly younger is a bit more rebellious. Mm-hmm. Um, pushes the boundaries a bit more, much more... Um, quick to react yeah shorter fuse etc impulsive yeah yeah um kind of made me think of my brothers oh that's cute <laughs> yeah it's um, very sweet so let's stay on characters before we kind of move to themes because i know we're jumping all over the place oh um, one thing i did love about kate winslet's character though being a pregnant woman who was still like no, a fuck this. I am a warrior. Yeah. I'm going to come out that. here with my bow and arrow and kill some sky people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll go back to Spider. I didn't like the character or the performance, unfortunately, by Jack Champion. 
Um, I thought it was a bit... I don't know. I just didn't think the acting was great. Um, and I think the character was important, though. The character was important, but it could have been performed better. And you know I have a thing about... Um, would you call him a child actor? He is quite young, isn't he? Yeah, probably. But when they're bad, oh, yeah, when it they're bad, really they're gets really under my skin. Um, and I just didn't like it. I am interested to see how his and Quaritch's relationship develops over the next films, though. Yeah. Because he's obviously really conflicted between Quaritch, who he knows is a bad guy, but he's also his dad. So. Yeah. And I much preferred Quaritch's character in, in this film. I didn't really like the character in the in the first. Um, I no. just thought he was like a metalhead yeah. stereotype of a American troop who just goes in and shoots first and asks, asks questions later. Yeah. But I do think, as you say, that added layer of him having a son who's on the side of the indigenous population mm. um does does make his story also more interesting yeah. um it's quite cool to see him as a an avatar in this one i as didn't well. get why they gave the marines avatars tattoos so they look like marines ned yeah i know but like who in the labs where they grew their avatars who is sitting there tattooing them because they don't grow with tattoos on no them. i know i think james cameron you know i think he's really good I don't know how to word it. He's really good at making blockbuster cinema. We know from yeah. Titanic, Avatar, and other bits like Aliens. Um, and he's just really good at, I don't know, we know the four, four quadrant films that we talk about where yeah. it's anyone could watch it and enjoy it. Yeah. He's just good at making those decisions where it's those like... Those four quadrants, listeners, it's... One axis is age and one axis is sex. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. He's just good at making, like, I know it is a daft decision to put tattoos on them, but... Like, it made sense, but, like, like, I was also thinking, like, but how do they have tattoos? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's just me. Yeah. Maybe I just need to get over myself. Have you heard (laughs) that uh, funny anecdote about Edie Falcon as General Francis... Ardmore, you know, the female general. Yeah. So Edie Falcone stopped filming her parts for this film four years ago, five years ago. And she thought it had come out and flopped. And she was laughing in press because somebody said to her in the year, oh, you've got Avatar coming out this year. And she was like, oh, I thought it came out and it just didn't do very just well. just never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> so it was quite funny when she was on some, I think she was on The View in America saying it. That's and I thought silly. that is really funny. Um, Again, I'd, I thought her character, like the, the stereotypical US troop yeah. thing. I don't, yeah. Um, it's... Um, Maybe it's a sign of the times we live in that we're just a bit sick of the all brawn and no brain. Mm, yeah, yeah. So... Obviously, we talked about Pandora, and we and when we did Avatar, the first one, yeah. earlier in the year, we talked about our favourite creatures, which I think mine were the little lemur things that swing through the trees. Yeah. And yours were... I think you liked them as well. I think I did. I can't remember what my favourites are from the first film. But it was there a creature now in this film that is mm. now your favourite? Yeah, the Tulkoon. Yeah. Are Tulkans? Tulkan? 
Well, I googled it and it's spelt T-U-L-K-U-N. Oh, is it? According to the Wikipedia list of Pandoran fauna. Oh, yes. wow. Wow. <laughs> They're um, whale-like sea creatures. They form social bonds with one another and with the Na'vi, which mm. is cool. Um, apparently, they have the structure of their brains suggests a consciousness that's higher than ours. Why were the whale cool. in them? What What did it do? Stop your aging? They had like this a tiny, uh, yeah, a little gland in the back of their brain or something yeah. produced some oil, which was quite reminiscent of a lot of um, whaling. Whaling. Because they used to use the oil out yeah. of their heads. Yeah. You know? um, uh, fossil fuels was the replacement for that. Oh, was it? Fossil oil, yeah. They were like, yay, we found fossil oil. Save the whales. Look where that's got us. Well, we wouldn't have had enough whales either to no, power the planet the way we have with fossil fuels, I know. would it's we? Just so. One of those interesting points of history, I think. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, yeah, so they were whaling them for that tiny little bit and then they wasted the entire thing. Um, and there was that zoologist in there, or the marine biologist mm. or whatever, um, who I think was... I think if you'd have got him a bit pissed, he'd have been conflicted with it, but basically just turned a blind eye to how horrendously monstrous that practice was. Did take me out of it a little bit when they actually started, like the whale had subtitles. I did have a little giggle. I was like, I liked it. No, for one minute they were like talking as if you would to your dog. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my dog understands. Yeah. And then yeah. the next minute we have a view. The point from the whale's <laughs> eye you. in like a bit of a yellowy, so you knew it was the whale looking yeah. at the Navi. I was like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I was like, what the hell? Um, it was but, cute. No, it just took me out of it a little bit. Once I got with it, I was like, all right, yeah. okay, they can talk to the whales. Just get on board. Well, you just have to kind of... Well, you have to remember. You have to just go with it as well. They've probably done that thing with their hair into the whales thing. And made that bond. So I they didn't probably... think the whales had them. Yeah. Uh, Loak, is that his name? Did it with oh. the outcast whale. He swam in his mouth and then it was in his little oh, uvula. Oh, yeah. is the name of that whale. Thank you. Mm. Um, it was adorable. Yeah, really cute. I thought he was an outsider and that he'd been... What did they say? He'd been... Because um, in the whale's culture you're not allowed to cause death and he had been swimming along with his whale friends and then the poachers had come and attacked them all and he had somehow been the only survivor or something oh, right. and everyone thought that he was responsible for the oh, deaths of all, never all of these had. other whales because there was no other way of knowing yeah um, be like, so he'd been ostracized for that reason and then when Loak made the bond and he saw what actually happened. Oh, it was just There's a lot of very like, theme of outsider. So he's the outsider to the do the whales. Yeah. And then he meets What's the child called? Who he I'm bonds? calling him Loak, but I could be wrong. Sounds about right. Yeah. So Loak's a bit of an outcast in his family. Well, and he's also struggling to fit in in this new clan on the reef. But they all are. The yeah. whole Sully family are struggling to yeah. To the Metakayans, I want to say. That sounds right. Um, they are struggling. So there's this themes of outsiders at like almost every step, mm. um, which I thought was was quite nice. Um, but I did love all the environmental messages, especially when it comes to whaling. Um, you know, it's been proven that whales 
on earth have very sophisticated communication and, and family bonds and the way we um yeah kind of treat cetaceans as a marine biologist would call them um isn't isn't nice let's no, just say and you know what i find interesting though there's a lot of tribes and cultures in this on earth that kill whales you know like them ones in norway that do that big run yeah and they say it's like a cultural practice or it's barbaric but there's a difference between a cultural practice and exploiting the tiniest little bit of something from a whale and then wasting the rest but they eat it and also knowing that... that it's not good for humans whale meat it's full of oh, is it not? mercury so well, isn't it only full of mercury because of pollution no though? oh didn't no know i don't think so no um but either way, it's also about the scale on which these things happen. Yeah. Like, if it's cultural practice for a small community somewhere in wherever it happens, it's not really going to have a great catastroph catastrophic ecosystem impact, is it? I know. And then we get into the debate of, like, what animals are worth more than others, don't we? Because, you know... Do we start saying, well, if they're sentient and have family bonds that we can prove, that almost makes them at a higher level than what we consume as as meat, let's say chickens, cows, yeah. pot. And I, it almost made me want to go vegetarian. Actually. God, it must have really touched you. Well, I just think, I don't like in the world how, I think the reason so many people are comfortable to eat meat is because of how removed we are from the process. Well, you don't even call meat by the name of the animal that you're eating. Yeah. Like, you you don't look at a piece of beef and see the cow because beef isn't called cow. What we're having tonight, we're having a cow chilli. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but even just the whole process, and obviously you working in climate change, we yeah. quite often talk about the food system in in the world yeah. um and but no i loved its environmental messages about like trashing the planet looking after what we've got um you know earth's dying so we'll just go somewhere else and wreck that as well um, also recognizing the importance of like indigenous knowledge as having value like and I, like there's that scene where um kiri has the the fit the seizure Oh, and they use traditional medicine. They get all the people in yeah. from the lab. Yeah. And they can't revive her. And then Kate Winslet like, sweeps in with her traditional yeah. medicine and her practices and her connection to Awa. And there, Kiri revives. Yeah. And I think these films, I think a lot of the success obviously comes from it's beautiful. We've never seen anything like it. The 3D, the visual effects are phenomenal. Mm. But I think the best films tap into what's obviously going on around us. Mm. And I think almost if the if 4 and 5 do get greenlit as well, and we've kind of said how important the 2020s are for if we don't get started really badly now on looking after the planet, like we're fucked, basically. Yeah. I think if if these films can almost be a cultural reference throughout the 2020s well what i really like about cinema yeah and i think about probably literature as well although i'm less into it yeah is that it's usually written in the context of the time the pe the person's living in so it's a reflection of 
culture as is. But then also, when it has such influence, life starts to imitate the ideals that it suggests. Yeah. So it kind of has the potential to... It's like something always has to go first, doesn't it? It's like when people say, is it, does society go first or does policy go first? I think people look at the binary too. No, but like if you look at... Both happen at at the same time. Not necessarily though, because if we look at LGBT rights, I would say... LGBT? Is that right? I just said it with a funny annotation, didn't I? Um, Society, you would say, went first before policy caught up with it. Mm. So... But I do think when it comes to climate, it's almost like a standoff at the minute where governments are looking at businesses, businesses are looking at governments, then you've got the mass population and it's all like, well, who's going first or are we all going together? Like, But it's who plays the most important role, which I would say is government because in democracies, a function, oh God, this is deep, in a well-functioning democracy, the government should reflect the people. So the key word there is well functioning though, isn't it? It is very much yeah. so. And democracy is in retreat around the world, unfortunately. God. So yeah. Um this is what I mean though. This is when we know it's a good film. It's because got us we're having about these real life issues. Themes, you know, like real world problems that are gonna be addressed. But let's kind of move on the conversation now. Um oh, favourite creatures that started with. I did love the whales, but I loved I preferred the... So there was two more creatures. I don't know if you've still got that list of Avatar, uh, Pandora and Fauna. Not to find it. Um, there was the ones that they rode in the sea, which was like the... what they flew on in the jungle, like the equivalent in the water, which to me seemed like dolphin. Like it was like if you were going to suggest what was what. I'm getting there. Hang on. They I'll were a dolphin. Name. Yeah. And then there was the more like weapon creatures which were looking looked a bit gnarly with wings and they could go in and out of the water so the ones the dolphin ones yeah are ilu oh i-l-u they were cute yeah yeah and the other ones in english we call them skim wings oh and in navi they are tsurak they were cool yeah i almost because you can see like where he's took a a real world example yeah. and made it into kind of a pandoran version yeah so what the road were dolphins what would you say the the skim things were if we were looking at in a human context um i would say like crocodiles they're almost like crocodiles crossed with flying fish yeah just badass um they were cool mm. um and yeah, once again, the world building and the corals and when you're immersed in it, especially in the 3D. And I, like, yeah. I know 3D, after Avatar, the, the first one, every studio jumped on it to think, oh, I can make oh. a bit more money here. Speaking this of 3D, 3D, though, let me just take this moment to recommend that every listener gets themselves to an IMAX as soon as possible to see this in 3D. Yeah. Because it's absolutely fantastic, and you need the size of that screen. Yeah, and the 3D was, it wasn't It was like, immersive. Yeah, it wasn't like you were on a ride at no. Universal Studios where someone jumps out at you. You fully felt like you were in that film. You were observing yeah. 
it all happen around you. Yeah. It was just nuts. And 3D glasses have come on so much. Like, if you think about it, I always remember... They're still the... too tight for my head, I know they are. But I always remember going to see Spy Kids 3D in in Hollywood, and they had them red. Mm. One was red and one was blue, so... The film always had that slightly... Like, as if it had a filter on it, of the red and blue. Mm. Um, mm. But the visual effects here... And I understand why it's taken so long because the technology didn't exist to make water look this good. Mm. But I have never, ever seen water like this in my life. Oh, I know. The way it rippled over their hands, the scenes where they were underwater and it looked back up as you would if you're in the water. When you look back up at the, the surface and you can see the sun. Yeah. The detail in that is like... I'd, I'd, yeah. Just words honestly, cannot the way, oh, describe it. And that baby it. sticking its head out the water, oh. which was in the trailer, and it was the whale was looking at it. I was like, "Oh my god, this yeah. is, yeah, like nothing I've ever seen." Mm. Um, so he also plays with high frame rate in this, which I. I still don't of... quite know what that means yet. So when so we go and see frame it again, rate is I'm like try if you were looking at out. frames per, I think it's like frames per second or something. Normal is twenty one or twenty four. Twenty four. So it's like how many pictures you are seeing yeah. in. No, I know what a frame rate is. No, I know. Yeah. You just said you didn't. I don't. No, I don't understand what high frame rate does. It may. So like, if I s- don't remember watching it and thinking that looks weird. So if you see when they increase it. Obviously, there's more pictures in it in a yeah. second. So the way the way things move, as I described to you, looks more like a game. Yeah. But he used it. It's not like the full film was in a higher frame rate. He no. used it in spots where it worked really well. Yeah. Because I actually don't. When they did it for the Hobbit, I didn't. I didn't like it. Um, I can't remember what the films have done it for. Gemini Man, which I've not seen. I'm gonna have a look um, out and see if I can like see because I I don't really get like I can't visualize what you mean by it looks like a game. So I'm going to have to watch something and notice when it's high frame rate. Okay. But it right. work for me. So James Cameron's done very well. We're nearly at an hour, so we're going to wrap up. We're going to wrap up. Um, we've kind of discussed where we think it'll grow next. Um, one thing I am really, really fucking sick of is people pretending they don't like Avatar when it made half a billion worldwide in Not even pretending they don't like Avatar, but pretending nobody likes Avatar. Hollywood is really starting to become as polarised and as fucking stupid and manic as the world is becoming. And I almost thought movies were untouchable. But I almost think the themes that we've discussed, some people in the world would say, oh, they're so woke. Mm. And I almost think it's those same people that are going, why would I go see that film? But it's about climate change and the environment and family and it's it's And to those people... I say I'm sorry you don't like joy. Exactly. Yeah. Um, um, but so, yeah, one thing. It is a long film. Very long. I felt that three hours absolutely flew by. It didn't you for me, didn't but I was hungover. So I think yeah. that might have helped, uh, hindered that. Um, yeah. Star ratings then? Five. Instant five. No questions asked. Loved it. Okay. I was at a four because there was, as I've probably said... I did come out and say three and a half. You did, but you were very But my brother went day. to me, how did you give Black Adam three? And then you give Avatar three and a half. And I thought, 
That's a good point, point, actually, Patrick. Yeah. So I nudged it up to four, but I just think some of the characters and a little, a couple of elements of the story weren't quite perfect for me. I was nervous um, doing this episode, thinking I might talk myself down from five, but I'm still quite happy and confident there. Yeah. 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 But we're currently at about 700 million worldwide um, over Christmas. That's exciting. I'm sure it'll get to, it'll probably be a billion before the new year, I would say. That'd and nice. I hope that means avatars four and five are officially greenlit and it's got pretty much apart from there's no more blockbusters now oh it's one of the most expensive films ever made way of water yeah yeah 450 million i think and you have to what do two and a half to make they would say that normally with profit yeah right so we'll it have to get to, to one and a half billion yeah nice yeah that's exciting but um yeah, like James Cameron was saying, it needs to be one of the biggest box office films ever to make a profit. But I think if it gets to Which, about to be honest, one and a half milli- billion, Avatar, we're all right. Avatar was what, the most... Ex- most... What am I trying to say? The it's most, the highest grossing film highest grossing ever. Film. Is it yeah. twice it's been the highest Well, it did it, film. and then Avengers Infinity War, uh, Endgame pipped it, and then um, it was re-released yeah. and it pushed it back up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um... Go see it. Still out in cinemas. We're probably going to go see it again. We're going for a trip to London for my birthday. We've got we're it hoping... booked. Well, it's penciled. Oh, it. is it penciled? Because yeah. I'm hoping we'll get to see it at the BFI IMAX in London. Well, we need to book it because London cinemas fill up. I know they do. Okay. I know. Don't worry. Um, I am worried. <laughs> and it's pretty much got a clear stretch now. The next blockbuster is Ant-Man Quantum Mania that isn't out till, I think, mid-February. So go out. Go see it. Make loads of make it make loads of money so we can see more of pandora and watching this when it eventually comes out on disney plus will be half the experience of seeing it on the biggest screen possible with the best sound and the best quality picture yeah honestly a lot of films you yeah it's a shame if you don't see them on the big screen but it's yeah. not the end of the world but this one is such a waste if you wait until you can't see it on the big screen anymore and between this and top gun maverick i would like to say Cinema is back this year. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all for this time. If you've enjoyed this episode of Gaze on Film, please subscribe, rate, and comment on your podcasting platform of choice. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Gaze on Film Pod. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Especially about this one. Of course. So please do feel free to drop us a minute. A manage. Drop me a manage. Um, I have been Declan. And I have been Ned. And this has been Gaze on Film. We are now going to channel Chris Rhea and drive home for Christmas. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.